Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the Hope Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, and this is the podcast where we dive into everything from the effects of diet culture and how to free yourself from it, body image struggles and healing, and provide you with some no BS nourishment truths. Each episode, we dig into one of these areas with trailblazing individuals and women who are spreading empowering and positive messages in the health and wellness industry. And today, I have a very beautiful, amazing guest with me, and I'm so excited to share her with you guys. Her name is Marta, and we connected over Instagram, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. It's going to be a good conversation, you guys. Marta is a self-love coach and has her bachelor's in psychology. Her work is deeply rooted in helping women heal from their traumas so that they can find self-love, step into their power, and create the life of their dreams. And I'm so here for that. I love connecting with other women on the same journey to just, yeah, like help empower other women. So I love that. Um, Marta has a very special story and it's very similar to mine, but she also is going to share a lot of other struggles that she's faced um, in her life. She's an absolute rock star for getting through all of it. And now she wants to help other people. So I absolutely love that. Um, So Marta has struggled with um, self-harm, body dysmorphia, depression, OCD, and anorexia. And she's undergone eating disorder treatment, which she says was a terrible experience, um, which we can touch on a little bit today. And last year, most recently, she went through a terrible breakup, which led to gut issues like SIBO, trying to rediscover herself. And ultimately, it has led her to the path she is on now. So there is so much to unpack here. And I'm excited to just hear your side of your story and just share whatever you'd like. But I think a lot of people are going to resonate with a lot of the things you've been through, myself included. Um, So yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of um, landed you here. Yeah, so um, I would say that my whole journey started when I was celebrating my 21st birthday and I had the worst anxiety attack I've ever had. I went home and I told my mom for the very first time that if this is how I had to live, I wouldn't survive much longer. And I never want to say something like that to my mom because I, I can imagine how heartbreaking that would be for her, but I, I did it to save myself. And that was actually the moment when my life turned around, but not necessarily in ways that I wanted to. Um, after that hospitalization, it was awful, like being around people who just wanted to give you pills and, you know, never gave you any sort of therapy or any kind of support. Like no one had even asked, like, so why are you here? It was just like, what's your symptom? What's the problem? Okay. Sign in. And that was it. And then, you know, I decided, I was like, okay, this is not for me. I'm going to try to help myself. And um, similar to yourself, a few months later, I had a car accident. It was my very first car and it was demolished on the spot um, let, that led me to the hospital and my doctor saying, you know what, your anxiety and anorexia is going to get a lot worse now. And that was like a self-fulfilling prophecy that I didn't really sign up for because it very much did. Um, I started to restrict even more because around me, there was no control that I could hold on to. And so I was like, well, what can I control? That's food. Let me, let me get on with this. And that led to binging eventually, which was like a few times a week because I was restricting so heavily and then also working out so much that my body was like, okay, girl, like chips, ice cream, popcorn, whatever you can get your hands on, eat that. And within a 
like not like actually a year on my next birthday, I admitted myself once again um, to get support for my eating disorder, which also was a very traumatic experience because, and I understand why it's done this way, but they focus a lot on the body and ensuring that you're getting yourself to a healthy weight. And as important as that is a hundred percent, because it's vital, you know, without a heart pumping and, you know, your brain working and, and all the organs um, working properly, therapy won't, won't be helpful. But for the three months that I was there, no one talked to me about body image. No one talked to me about my childhood traumas. I wasn't even allowed to discuss how I felt and I had asked for it. Like I would talk to my therapist, like, can we talk about these things that she's like, no, no, it's not the time in the program. That's later on. It never came. I never had that opportunity. And eventually it led me to having absolute breakdowns in like the classrooms because we talked about body image or it was just discussed and all this pain came up and like self-hate that I just really wanted to get out, but no one gave me the opportunity. Mm. And eventually when like, when that was all done, then um, I just dedicated myself and my life to healing. I'm like, you know what? I don't care about the system anymore. You guys don't have my best interests in mind. You think you're helping, but you're not. And then I found, you know, I started to, to exercise, but differently. And I took my time away from it to give my body that time to heal. But then I'm like, no, now I work out because I love myself. And it actually started not with self-love, but with self-respect for me. I'm like, okay, what would I do if I respected someone right now? If I respected myself, what, what would my choices look like? And that's where I started. And then the gut issues kind of start to come up a little bit because that's what happens after you've been suffering from anorexia for a long time. And then came a breakup, which was by far the most painful thing I went to up until that point, because I had to let go of someone that I still loved very deeply. And then I knew loved me very much as well, but we were just no longer a match. And I could not help myself by staying in that container with him which led to me developing SIBO and having absolutely no energy, um, no strength. I could not eat without feeling sick. And that led to hospital visits that led to no answers and doctor visits that said, oh, it's just IBS, which by the way, I fucking hate when someone says IBS. I'm like, that's BS and you're yep. an idiot. You and like, that's, I literally had to heal myself with that with from the SIBO and take all the supplements and, and spend all the money to do it. And, and I was vegan for a while and that was what resonated with my soul, but not with my body anymore. And the crying fest that came up with having to eat chicken for the first time and salmon and all these things was so heartbreaking, but I had to detach myself from everything that once made me me in order to make space for what was actually meant for me. Mm-hmm. And with that, like I, I went through some more traumatic experiences and I still did not trust the medical system. I didn't trust any professional in being able to help me the way I needed. And I actually spent six months almost alone in my room doing self-therapy on myself, uh, healing my inner child, working with my chakra system, um, re-regulating my nervous system because it was whack and learning how to not embody this like codependent um, attachment style that I had had for so long and just learn like, okay, I'm enough for myself. I got this. And that's what led me here to help other women get into that same place. Um, That is like so powerful, dude. Like I have chills. That's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, like that whole self-love piece is huge, right? Because I feel like oftentimes it's so easy to look for that external love or like something else to fill the void or distract ourselves from our our true nature or whatever it is. And yeah, I just want to touch on the the piece of when you were like going through your treatment and trying to get better from your eating disorder. Like what was like would you say the tipping point for you to be like, okay, nothing is working in here. And I need to like, go figure this out out kind of for myself, because I find a lot of people when they seek out help for things like that, I hear that a lot where like, it's either like, no one actually cares about me. No one wants to listen to me. Like, it's not like every single eating disorder is black and white or exactly the same. So I think it's just mind blowing that these, um, like places where we're supposed to be able to go and heal aren't actually don't actually have our best interest at heart like it kind of is mind-blowing yeah so I, I there was actually a few moments and they kind of built up with time but um I remember that I had like a, a panic attack during one of our classes essentially where we we would talk about nutrition um exercise and like debunking myths and things like that um, very like psycho ed base, um, but there was one we were just talking about body image. And I honestly, I don't even remember what it was because I completely blacked out and I didn't even realize I was in the midst of an anxiety attack until someone put their hand on me and asked if I was okay. And then I snapped back into reality, realizing I was actually drenched in tears and hyperventilating. And I walked up, like I got up and I walked out of the room because like I, I, like, I, I was in, in a state of panic. And the therapist or like the mental health worker said, you need to go back inside or you're going to get a strike. It hasn't been an hour since you finished eating. And I'm like, I'm bawling my eyes out because of something that no one's allowing me to talk about. And you're concerned about whether I get a strike, because if you get three, you do like, if, if you don't finish a meal, that's a strike. If you walk for more than 15 minutes, that's a strike. If you go to the bathroom after a meal, that's a strike in case you have bulimia. Um, and so I'm like, I walked out because you can see that I'm crying and I'm out in the hallway and that's your concern is me getting a strike and even then no one saw literally my cry for help and I stuck with the program for a little bit until I got um until I got discharged at at the end I continued for another uh two months in the outpatient unit where I would go from Monday to Friday from like nine until three and they added more fear foods onto my list by saying, why do you keep eating this? And I'm like, because it's just like a comfort food. It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And they instilled more fears into what was like once comfortable for me. And I'm like, this is just something that like, I like, I'm like, it's calorically sufficient. Yeah. I just, it makes me happy. Why are you taking this away? And even now, like, and it's like, it's oats, it's a bowl of oats where I still have this mentality of like, should I be eating it? Like, is it bad for me? And I'm like, you fuckers, like, I'm here to heal. What are you doing? And not once did someone say, hey, maybe your nervous system is dysregulated. Maybe the reason why you have additional body image issues and you don't feel good in your body is because you're always bloated, because your gut health isn't doing very well, because you've experienced trauma and that is now stored in the body. Mm-hmm. Not one person has ever thought like, hey, what happened? What, like adverse childhood experiences did you experience that is now leading to this manifestation of yours? And I'm like, yeah, no. Getting to the root cause. No one wants to do the work that it takes to get the root cause. They're like, here's some pills. Yeah. You know, put a blanket over it. Forget about it. 
it's just like oh man that's terrible I'm so sorry that you went through that that sounds like it would have yeah even triggered more like unhealthy thought patterns if anything well I I had to gain 20 pounds in like two months can you imagine how much a person has to be eating to to gain that amount of weight so quickly like I understand I was like, I was unhealthy and my, um, my heartbeat was at 35 beats per minute. So like my doctor said, like, you're going to die if you keep working out. And I'm like, that's kind of the point because I want to, like, I want someone to save me, but no one's paying attention. And it wasn't that I wanted to die. I wanted to be saved, but I didn't know how to do it. And eventually I decided like, you know what? You can't do it. You can't do it. You're supposed to be able to do it, but you can't do it either. So like, I got this. Mm -hmm. And then I stepped into my power without really knowing what the heck that meant. And I'm like, fuck all of you. I got this. And then I'm going to make it better for the people who connect with me because this is bullshit. That's powerful. Like it's true though. Like no one can save you the way that you can save yourself. And that hits home girlfriend because I think a lot of us oh my god I love that she's got a cup that says I can and I will I love that that's huge and that's such a huge mindset shift that you made and I think that that often happens for a lot of people when you're kind of like at that rock bottom like you've hit that last wall and you're just like you know what screw this I deserve better and I'm going to do better for myself and unfortunately like when you have to get to those awful circumstances like no one wants to be there and I wouldn't wish that on anyone but sometimes in those more desperate like holy shit I need to take control of my life again moments that's when we really can step into our power yeah And, you know, I think that even when we think that we've hit rock bottom, maybe we find a new rock bottom too. And it's really, they're just layers to ourselves. And it's, life is just preparing us for the next adventure that we're going to go on. And not all of them are very fun, um, but they're so worth it because with every experience that I've had, good and bad, I've learned more about myself and about the world. And I'm like, you know what? This girl's pretty fucking great. And like my inner child and like every version is like rooting for me. Like, you're so cool. Like this, like, we can't believe we grew up to be you. And then like, I look up to like whoever my older version will be. And I'm like, I can't wait to meet you. And like, I'm setting you up for success. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. I love that. We're going to talk about inner child too. And like, I love all that, um, like looking to your higher self and also, you know, supporting your inner child and then. I even do the the little like technique where I close my eyes and I picture like my higher self coming and like giving me a hug or like telling me what I need to hear and then vice versa I do that for my inner child of like I got you like we're in this together it's very interesting work so we're going to touch on that but what I really want to dive into um, first is the body image side of things because especially um, and I'm sure you get it a lot with the women you work with too but a lot of the women that I work with or I just chat with whether it's their um, gaining weight to be healthier and stronger and whatever it is, or like healing or their body's just changing for, yeah, maybe like health reasons or they're struggling with gut issues or trauma or whatever. Um, Body image is such a tough one to work through. I know even for myself, like with when I got injured, I was still at my leanest and I didn't realize, like you said, I was controlling my body because it was the one thing I could control. And that was always my thing. And then when I got injured, I couldn't work out anymore. My body started to change. And I was like, 
holy shit, I didn't realize how much unresolved trauma I had around my body image and how much I identified with it. And it's a tough thing to work through, but it's so, it's such meaningful work. Like it really does set yourself free. Um, So how did you kind of like work through that side of it, like gaining a little bit of weight and just realizing like, this is what I need to like be my best self really. So I think that the weight gain, I mean, first that was instilled in me without any choice at the, in the program. Um, they warned us like, okay, don't bring any jeans, wear something that's really comfortable. And I had to buy pants and like, I just wore sweatpants for like months. I'm like, I'm not ready to face the discomfort of wearing something that I, I can't fit into anymore. And if, buying a different size so let me just wear what's comfortable and um that was really helpful like as maybe as unhelpful as I might have seen back then if we're not feeling our best like putting emphasis on the body like hey wear a mini skirt right now wear a dress do this it's like no like let the body just be and wear something that's comfy if you're bloated and you don't feel good don't squeeze into something that's not going to fit well just like wear loose shorts, wear sweatpants, wear whatever makes you feel good. Um, so that was, that was helpful. Like just for me to be able to transition from the way I was to the way I became, that was a big piece. Um, but then eventually I think it just started with that self-respect that I mentioned. And I thought to myself, like, I, does it matter how big my or little my thighs are? Like, not really. Can I run? Yeah. Can I lift more because it makes me happy? Amazing. Mm. And understanding that, you know, we all live in seasons, especially as a female. <clears throat> Sorry, this always happens. <laughs> like, especially as a female, we literally live in seasons, like with our menstrual cycle. And so I know that this week I'm going to be a bit more bloated. This week I, I might not be. This week I'm it's a fucking write off and like I, the world doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, like literally going to that state of flow and um for anyone who's interested in like the chakra system like really connecting with my sacral chakra and be allowing that femininity of mine to just be like just go with the flow girl it's okay like let yourself be and it's very playful and gentle and it's very hard for someone who like really held on to control like because not something that many people don't know is that anorexia is known as like the the controlling disorder when you have no control around you, you try to control what's within you. And it's also known as the good girl disorder because it is you trying to be perfect because thinness equates in our society for some reason with being perfect and being good enough. And as the people pleaser and as the like good girl in the family, I'm like, well, how much better can I get? Well, let me be super proper and like skinny and eat a little bit and not take up space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking take up space because I want to, and I want to use my voice it's and I want space girl. Yes. yes. Fed girl summer. Hell yeah. <laughs> All of that. Like, like emotionally, energetically, physically, like I don't need to be little to be good enough. Like if my body's like, this isn't your size, like we're made to be bigger. Who am I to tell it not to like, this is like thousands of thousands of years old. My like ancestors are like, okay, Marta, no, like, sorry. Like, this isn't what you look like. You need to eat more. Mm-hmm. And then I felt better. And then it just became like an addiction, but like a good one. I was like, oh, now I have energy. Now I wake up early and I don't have to like nap all the time, but like, I actually want to get on with my life. And I'm like, okay, so weighing the pros and cons here what really serves me and what can I drop off Mm. and it kind of just comes with time with a nourished mind you get a nourished soul and then they feed off of each other and so 
I, I would say that that's kind of how I got to a place of body acceptance. Still hard days, but I think that's just the way it is. So it's okay. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's the biggest thing to remember is that it does take time and it's not supposed to be something where like, oh, you flip a switch and all of a sudden, oh, I love my body every single day. Like, I don't think anyone like realistically it's okay to not love the way your body looks every single day but it's about respecting it and knowing that it is good regardless of what it looks like and I think also the piece you touched on around like appreciating your body for all that it allows you to do like I always say your body allows you to hug loved ones and run and walk outside be in the sunshine like so many things we take for granted where when you think about it, like if all those things were stripped from us, like if you couldn't get out of bed, if you couldn't walk anymore, if you couldn't like breathe, all these simple daily mundane things we do, like imagine how grateful we would be to just be doing exactly what we're doing. Like it's right. It's, it's simple. And you know, it really does come in from being able to love myself. Like, so like, again, at first I was like, yeah, I like, no one taught me how to love myself. That wasn't something that was taught in our society, not a course in school, not something anyone really thought would be important to people, especially to, to like children and women, especially would get like so bashed on. But I thought like, okay, well, let's start with self-respect. That sounds doable. And now I talk about self-love and love in general, like it's like it's my job because it is now. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me so happy. But I finally gave myself the love that I've been looking for all these years and the love that I've been so willing to give other people and like I've literally healed people just in just by being in their in their presence like doing therapy but also like the people I've met they're like you know what your energy is so healing and I just feel so much better when I'm around you and then I go home and I feel like shit and I'm like yeah because I gave you what I had for me and I had nothing left and so I gave that to myself and then it expanded. And now like, I just give it to people. And I'm like, but there's always more in reserve. Like I have that. I'm not giving you what I should be giving to myself. And that came with the body image piece of like, listen, I'm a snack. Like, I don't care what I look like, like bloated, unbloated. I'm happy with my body because this is my body. I created it. I work out. Maybe I don't, maybe I'm doing yoga. Maybe I took two weeks off because that's life. Mm -hmm. And like, finding that balance of just knowing like hey this is still my body and I think the body image piece was really big for me when my period finally came back Mm. I remember crying like tear like bald and it was beautiful because I'm like this is my womanhood this is something that no man will ever understand what it feels like to have and I get to step into this power that can sometimes be painful and emotional but so beautiful and then I'm like I'm never letting you go Mm. and that that really helped just like skyrocket the healing and that connection with the body became so much more than just weight gain and it became sacred to me I love that oh my god that's so beautiful that is just like such a beautiful way to put it because yeah like you said I mean that self-respect piece right I find a lot of people I talk to especially as women we have a hard time giving ourselves the love we either search for in others or we give others like you said mm-hmm. and it's almost like we feel guilty for taking time for ourselves for resting for just existing like I just did an episode around hustle culture and I find a lot of women identify themselves not only with their bodies but in like in their work and doing more and 
you know, like creating more and working harder and all these things. Um, and like you said, it's that, that feminine flow energy that we need to get back to, right? Like, like relaxing more, being more in tune with our bodies, things like that. What would you say in the work that you do with women? Like, what is the number one, or I guess most common reason or thing that's holding a lot of women back from that self-love or being able to give themselves that self-respect, would you say? Um, on a large scale, it's usually related to trauma. Like that, like that's like the big, big answer, but a little longer answer would be just something like self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, something that like I'll talk to women that they feel like they're, they can't be confident in themselves and they, they don't know what they offer. Like they just don't see themselves because they're always focused on trying to meet the needs of other people based on what they think they want. When a lot of the times our families and our loved ones just want us, but we don't know what that looks like because we've spelt, spent such a long time having to, in the, like in the instance of trauma, you know, tune into the needs of other people to make sure that we don't end up getting hurt. And so then we lose ourselves and don't know what it is that we want. And knowing that we're actually worthy of love without having to do anything kind of like the hustle culture like so the trauma piece is there it's always going to show you that what you're that love that you're lacking is actually the reflection of someone else's inability to give it to you which is someone else's in uh, inability to have given it to them and it's just a whole cycle um i'm not sure if i answered your question entirely there so if i didn't please no but i hope that was okay No, absolutely. I feel like, um, yeah, like tuning back into what your needs are sometimes just feels so hard for a lot of women. But I think when you can take care of yourself and know that everything you need is within you, people don't understand that that actually makes you better equipped to actually like care for the people around you that, you know, matter in your life. Right. Because if like you were saying, if you're drained, if your cup's not full, how are you supposed to like you know be there for other people that you care about right absolutely yeah. and I think that you know women are we're taught to constantly be giving which is actually a very masculine thing to be doing a feminine energy receives we're supposed to be getting but we don't do that and so we're not being true to ourselves and we're constantly the ones who are giving up something whether it's our energy our time our bodies anything mm-hmm. and it, you know, the ability to receive is men do it so much better. They're like, oh, baby, you cooked me dinner. Thanks so much. And then like the guy comes home and gives her flowers. She's like, what'd you do? And like, can't accept that or even a compliment. Like how scary has it been sometimes? Maybe, maybe not for you, but I know if someone's like, oh, you look nice today. I'm like, are they lying? Why would they say that? And I don't even know how to accept a compliment. And a met, like men are like, yeah, man, thanks. And I'm like, how? Like, that's not all of them, of course. And like, but it's, we just don't step into our power and see that we're actually so worthy of everything that we're looking for and that everything that we need is actually inside of us. Mm. But the trauma and the things that we've learned just taught us otherwise. And so we continue to look for other people for answers instead of just tuning in and slowing down. Mm. But yeah, I, I think that women, I think it's just scary to maybe face the possibility that maybe I'm not enough. Maybe, you know, I'm not worthy. Maybe I'm unlovable. And none of that's true. Mm-hmm. But because our ego tells us, well, maybe it is. Do you want to check it out? It's like, no, I don't want to. Right. But if you give yourself, like, if you step into that fear, 
you realize that you're actually a lot stronger than it and then it just kind of falls off yeah there's just so much that's so deeply rooted in us like conditioned into us since we're a kid right it's that whole have you seen those videos of um like if you're a woman like oh be quiet but not too quiet because then you're shy and like don't wear those short shorts but don't be a prude don't wear a long skirt it's just like that constant like do this but don't do this and then it's like what the hell like how do I just be myself anymore I find that that is like die culture and patriarchy wrapped up put a bow on it thank you goodbye yeah and actually even listening to one of your other like podcasts about like diet and everything that we've been taught of like what a superfood is and what health is and then having to relearn all of that like that's scary and that's what it looks like to love yourself is relearning that it's okay to say no to people that you love and that doesn't mean that you love them any less it just means that you're making space for loving yourself more and you know learning that you know self-care is so important and maybe disconnecting from people who are actually really big people in your life because they just they're hurting you and it's and it just, it takes a lot of bravery, but I think that in our society, you know, women are often very dependent on people. Like the fact that we have to be with someone who can support us financially. Like how do we make, how do we meet our needs if I can't even make enough money to support myself and buy a home in this economy without a partner, right? So it's having to adhere to someone else's needs in order for us to just survive and not even get to a point of thriving yet. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so we have nine minutes left. I love Zoom. Thank you for cutting us off. So we'll just we'll touch on a few more things here. Um, I really wanted to bring up um, just like the relatableness of the the breakup because I know you said so your breakup was long term and you guys um, obviously were still it sounds like in love with each other but you just knew it wasn't right for you which is very commendable because I feel like that's super hard to do right like you know this isn't your person or maybe you're just growing apart and knowing that you either want something more or it's just not for you anymore um and then for me it was a more like traumatic breakup where it was just like terrible it was awful and for me I know we were talking about before like I think I stored a lot of that emotion in my body and that's where a lot of pain came up and I know I was telling you a bit about this like fear that people were sensing in my chest and I thought it was interesting how you explained it. Um, so yeah, if you want to, like I was, I was seeing somatic healers, they were telling me I was feeling fear in my chest and I was like, where the hell is this coming from? And you said. <laughs> so the wound of fear is actually based in our root chakra. Um, I, I really am passionate about the chakra system right now. because That's just what I used to heal myself. And the, the fear comes from the inability to meet your own needs, the feeling of like the feeling that you don't belong in your community and in your family. And it comes up a lot with, um, you know, not knowing with it, like if you're healthy. So it's the fear around a wrong death, around finances, around basic needs, around, around um, our childhood, especially. And so it'll start to manifest and work its way up the high, like it'll go higher and higher, and higher, the more that you ignore it. So it might just start off with, um, you know, like pains in the legs and like feeling tingly, like you can't move and you just, you feel rooted, but also might feel, be like that flight response where you're like, I need to get the heck out of here as fast as I can. If you don't listen to that, it's like, we're going to work our way up. We're going to go to the sacral chakra. And it, for a lot of women, it might look like, well, 
I don't know how to meet my own basic needs because I've never been taught how to do it. So I'm just going to share my body with whoever's willing to do that for me. And there that will cause a lot of just like imbalances there. And so a lot of stomach issues and, and digestive, um, poor gut health and things like that. And then it'll start to work its way up and then it'll get to like the solar chakra. And that's your inability to take action. So like, well, now I just feel immobilized. I don't know what to do. I'm sick. I'm unwell. I don't have the energy to move and I'm afraid to move and it'll go towards the heart. And like, you know, having the breakup that you went through, your heart was wounded. Like that's a heartbreak. Right. And a lot of people in our society will say, Oh, it's just a heartbreak. Like who cares? You just broke up. It's not a big deal. Like, did you get into a, like, was it a car accident? Were you abused? Like, it doesn't have to be. Our attachment styles are such a central part of our survival that when one of them is ruptured for whatever reason, it can literally feel like we're dying. And the chemical, like the makeup in our brain will, will actually shift as if we're actually withdrawing from drugs. And that's just your body's like response to like, holy shit, this hurts so much. We're going to die because we can't live without this person, even though on a very deep level, you know, you have to, and you know, you want to. Mm -hmm. And so that just comes back to like the, the childhood experiences that you had and maybe, um, anything that, you know, your mom or your dad instilled in you or whatever experiences that they put on to you through their own trauma, that'll start to show up in the, in the face of fear specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why inner child healing is so, so important and getting to the root cause a lot of like those play on words there, right? Like root chakra, root cause, you can't heal what's up above. I mean, sure, some people work that way, but for me personally, I think it's best to just clear that shit out of the way, see what the fucking problem is, and then like heal that wound, clean it up, and then make space for what's supposed to be there. Because if there's, if you don't, if it's too much guck, you can't allow more in, right? Like, why would you buy a new fridge if you still have one there? Where are you going to put it, right? Like, weird example but like that's the one I went with so it's so true and like I think that when it boils down to it everything should be we should be looking at the root cause not the symptoms not the yeah. surface level yep. bullshit it's just like get to the root and that's a hard thing to do like it's really hard to like open up those wounds and like dig in and get quiet with yourself and all those things but it's so important and I you're gonna have to come back on because we need to like dive into more inner child um work and healing and we're running out of time as zoom loves to do this to me but that's okay um part two with Marta is gonna be absolutely amazing but thank you so much for being here this was amazing and you're so lovely and beautiful and inspiring and I literally just met you face to face today and I'm already in love with you so we're best friends (laughs) thank you so much for having me and honestly super mutual like I cannot wait if you if you go to Mexico I'm coming with you you're coming with me obviously that's how it is that's just that's you can't say no sorry yeah you're invited absolutely I love it okay well yeah you can find Marta's Instagram and TikTok I'm gonna leave it in the description of the podcast episode go follow her she's absolutely a gem and I'm in love with her so now you guys have to be in love with her that's just a thing so thanks again Marta everyone let's stay nourished and keep staying strong this summer.